Hey everyone, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. And uh, we took a week off last week. Uh, it was just some school and stuff we were doing, and there wasn't a ton to talk about. So uh, this week, some news actually came down. We figure we're going to push that off one more week, and we'll probably have a news episode next week, just because there's still not a ton to talk about as the offseason's rolling on here. Um, but today, we are going to do the best and worst contracts from each team. So... We uh, Most years we do the top 10 best contracts in the league and top 10 worst, and we might still do that, we'll see, but uh, ESPN actually came out with an article this past week, and it was looking at the best and worst value contract from every team, uh, so it's from Emily Kaplan, uh, I think she talked to other people at ESPN as well, um, but pretty much uh, the exercise, they identified the best contract on every team in terms of value per dollar, and the worst contract on every team. Um, obviously this excludes ELCs or this list of best contracts would be nothing but ELCs. And it also excludes players on long-term injured reserve as they technically cannot provide any value. So what me and Chase are going to do is we're just going to go through every team, kind of look at the contracts, give what we think is the worst contract and the best contract. And then we're also going to compare it to, uh, ESPN and see what ESPN said. So, uh, I think that's pretty much all there is to it. We'll get right to it, Chase. Uh, we'll start with the Anaheim Ducks. We're going to go alphabetically here. What is your best contract for the Anaheim Ducks? Um, I'm kind of torn between two. The Anaheim Ducks don't have very many good contracts, but I'm going to go with Hampus Lindholm. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Um, I think that is the one I would choose too. It's the safer one for sure, in my opinion. Um, I think the other one you could still make an argument for is John Gibson. Um, yeah, although, I really wanted to say Gibson, but I couldn't. Yeah, that's the other thing, you know, and we've talked about a little bit this offseason already, how that's the risky one, just because he had a really down year last year, but that was his first real down year in half a decade, and all the other data we have points to him being a very, 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 very good player, so, or goalie, sorry. Um, so, yeah, I think either one of those two are the right answer. I mean, I'll go with Gibson, you can go with uh, Lindholm. Uh, you know, Gibson, the, the reason it's risky is because it's so long. He's still got, I think, seven years left on his deal. Uh, but it's at 6.4. So if he is even a top 10 goaltender at that price, you're loving uh, you're loving it. You're absolutely loving it. Yeah, he certainly has the most upside. But there's also probably the most downside just because of how long it goes. And goalies are weird as hell. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, Lindholm is a, an unreal defenseman at 5.2 mil, only for two more years. So... Um, obviously the dollar per value is amazing right now, but it doesn't stretch too long either. Yeah. That's, that's why they don't really have any like home run contracts. Cause like Lindholm may not be as good as he used to be or whatever, but like, he's still a fantastic value at that dollar, but there's only two years left. He's 26. So. Yeah. Uh, and then their worst contract. I think it's between two. I think they have two really bad ones, but I'm going to go with Adam Henrique because I think Henrique is really not that good. Those are the two. Uh, I'm assuming the other one is the one I'm going to take, and it's Cam Fowler, in my opinion. Yep, that's another um, bad contract. Yeah, so I was looking at the Henrique one, and I, I agree with you. I don't think Adam Henrique is very good. Um, although this year he was at least um, okay. He wasn't good necessarily, but over the past three years he's just kind of been replacement level, which – for how much you're paying him, uh, definitely isn't a good thing, but it's for a lesser term and a lesser price tag than Cam Fowler, who has been below replacement level, slightly, but below replacement level in terms of RAPM anyways over the past three seasons. Yeah, that's fair. I could definitely see an argument for Fowler being the worst one. It's also longer and more expensive, so it's probably the better answer. 
and with a modified no trade clause as well. Uh, and and Henrique has that as well. Um, ESPN had the exact same thing as uh, I did, I guess, Gibson and Fowler. Um, so those are those one where we agree on. I already know, I haven't looked at all these lists, but I know there's a couple teams that we are going to strongly disagree with on this list. So uh, it's definitely not going to be all agreeing, but some of them are slam dunks and others, you know, are, are maybe not. Um, moving on, let's go with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, again, let's start with their best contract in your opinion. Their best contract is a question I was kind of dreading. I don't really love any of their contracts, to be perfectly honest, but I guess I'll go with uh, Jacob Chikrin. There's a lot of upside there, and it's relatively cheap, so there's not a ton of downside. That's who I was looking at. I'm going to go with uh, Darcy Kemper. Uh, two years, four, 4.5 minutes. This is a team that the best contract actually works that it's a short-term contract because – uh, I don't like any of their long-term. I don't mind the Chitron one. I think that's probably the best one if I had to choose a, a, a skater and someone who has more than one year left on their deal. Um, uh, it's just for me, like Kemper, the past two years has shown to me anyways that he's a top 10 goalie and he's 30. So who knows how long uh, he can keep that up. But honestly, I think the two years works in his favor because I would, I think there's, uh, you can make a reasonable bet that he will be a pretty solid goalie over the course of this contract. Yeah, I completely agree with that because the longer it goes, the worse it would get. And there's also like a non-zero chance Darcy Kemper has the highest like war in the league next year, which is not true for that many players and certainly not true for any other player on the Arizona Coyotes roster. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then their worst contract, What? Uh, where would you go with that one? Uh, this would be like spicy to the general public, although I feel like people who listen to us probably agree. I got to go with OEL. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, on, honestly, my other one might be Clayton Keller, which might be spicy enough to the – or Nick Chalt. Like, there's – honestly, the three people they've been on for the longest term are the three of the contracts I hate the most, if I'm being completely honest. Like – Really bad. Um, you know, in the Schmaltz one, I, I think it's not as bad just because it's 5.8, so it's less of a cap hit. But I'd probably go with OEL as well, just because of how freaking long that contract is and just – He's not good anymore. He's really like, he's a second pair defenseman, I would say now. And like maybe a number four at that. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what he would be, but he's definitely not like he needs to be a slam dunk. Number one defenseman at the moment to be a 29 year old worthy of seven more years at 8.25 with a full no move. And he's hasn't been particularly close to that for like two or three years now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so ESPN had the best as Jacob Chitron. Uh, and they had the worst as Phil Kessel, who has two years left at 6.8 with a modified no-trade uh, 18 list. Um, yeah, Kessel one's not good either, but it's not long enough to me, for me. Yeah, agreed. Like, um, if you're looking at it from just purely what they bring on a season person, like next season uh, value, I think it's um, definitely one thing. But if, if you're evaluating contracts, uh, I think you definitely have to factor in term here. And so I, I feel like, Sorry, this will be a theme during the list where we look at term a lot more than anything else than uh, maybe the other uh, um, maybe ESPN would. But yeah, which I think is the smart thing to do when you're talking about contracts. Absolutely, um, but you know, and some people just look at pure value, but year by year, and some sometimes it'll change and other times not. But it's not like the I don't think the Phil Kessel one is particularly good for what it's worth either. Like I don't think that's providing much positive value these days either. No, especially not at his 30, what is it going to be, 33 and 34-year-old season? Yeah. Um, all right, so on to a team that is pretty easy, or sorry, pretty hard to uh, 
pick a good and bad contract, but for opposite reasons, uh, the Boston Bruins. There's a lot to pick here for good contracts. What is the best contract to you on the Boston Bruins? Best contracts have got to be pasta, right? I, I think so, yeah. Um, you know, Marshans is a great v- deal right now, but just for how long it stretches and how old he is, uh, there's definitely more risk. I think you could also make an argument for Charlie McAvoy, though. Um, yeah, 4.9 for a top 20 defenseman. Uh, you know, I, I don't know where you exactly saw him. I think I'd have him in my top 15 and maybe even close to the top 10 probably. Like, I think he, I really, really like McAvoy and what he brings to the team. So I, I think between those two, either one you could pick, but I, I, Pasternak is a, a pretty easy uh, selection as well. Yeah, exactly. They This team has just basically good contracts over there. I think Dom's article had them as like the most efficient spending team in the league. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, and and this fits right into their worst contract. Like, where's their worst contract on this? But I would say, due to term alone, probably Charlie Coyle. Yeah, I was also gonna say Coyle. Like, he's not. He's you could pay him five million dollars this year, but that much yeah. term on a guy who's kind of mediocre and twenty eight already. I think. Yeah, I mean, be. we talked about him with sign. I don't think I would have really loved that deal, but I get like if that's your absolute worst deal, you're you're absolutely laughing because I mean, there's like. It's not ideal, obviously, but it's not like it's just this atrocious deal you can never get out of or it's going to absolutely sink you or anything. The Islanders have, like, seven of that contract. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the only – like, is there another bad contract on this team? Maybe you could argue why are you signing Connor Clifton and John Moore to three-year deals? But, like, again, the cap hit is so low it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, like, if they get a compliance buyout, they use it on John Moore every day of the week. So you could – I guess that could be the bad one because John Moore is actually bad, whereas Coyle's like a useful middle six player. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I would say, yeah, I, I think one of those. Um, ESPN had Pasternak as the best and David Krejci's as the worst because of the $7.25 million cap hit this year. He might be worth that next year, though. Yeah. I, I think people are probably too low on David Krejci, if I'm being honest. He had a down year, too, and then he just kind of became what he was for the rest of his career, which is a good second line center. Yeah. Like he's, he's just been plugging along. He hasn't been like fantastic or anything, but he's definitely not bad. I also don't really like ESPN's argument for it. That said, David Krejci at 34 is the highest paid player on the team at 7.25. That's not his fault that the rest of the team is just on insane freaking discounts. Yeah. Like if Bergeron makes $10 million instead, it doesn't make the Krejci contract any better or worse. Yeah, um, they also mentioned we needed to nitpick here because there's not much to t- choose, and I would argue that I would agree with that. Sorry, as well. Like it's not like uh, I don't know. Like uh, great, she's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would disagree with the, the the worst choice, but at the same time, it's not atrocious. Yeah, completely agreed. Um, okay, this is a team I know we are going to disagree with uh, their selections. The Buffalo Sabers. Uh, we'll start with their best contract. And who who do you have as their best contract? It's got to be Eichel by like I don't even know how many miles, but a lot. Yeah, uh, especially over the length of the contract. I think if you're looking at year per year, maybe you could argue Taylor Hall. Um, yeah, for a one year deal, you could I could see Hall, but or maybe even Sam Reinhart. But uh, yeah, I think it's Eichel, pretty easy in my opinion as well. Just like. I, yeah, it's a long, it's a six-year deal, but he, it's during his entire prime, and he's a top ten, top five centerman. Like he, he's between probably five and ten for me, I think. 
Yeah, like you have to aggressively galaxy brain it to come away with looking at the Sabres cap sheet to come away with any other conclusion than I would take Jack Eichel at his contract over anybody else on the roster by a mile. Yeah, uh, worst contract? Um, probably Skinner because it's just so long. Skinner's what I think I would too. Um, I think the second one, maybe Akpozo. And then the third one, probably Ristolainen. But Ristolainen's is more bad just because of how much they use him, honestly. like, Yeah, if Ristolainen's on the sheltered third pair as like a power play specialist or whatever, it would look a little bit different. But yeah, still you're still not, yeah, it'd still be bad. You're not trying to pay him 5.4, but it's two more years, right? So Yeah, yeah um, the Skinner, like, Skinner's can score 30 goals next year, and it would still, this would still be my pick just because of how aggressively long this is. Yeah, man, he's 28 years old. Um, you know, he's not getting better. Um, this is where uh, – this is definitely the worst take of the article. I haven't even read through the rest of the article, but I know this is the worst take of the article. They have the best contract on the Buffalo Sabres as Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, if you actually say you were starting a team and you would rather have two years of Ristolainen at $5 million over six of Eichel at 10, you should not be working in hockey. No, and this is where it's like – I've liked ESPN's coverage. I think Emily Kaplan's very smart. Uh, I like Greg Wachinski. You know, um, he is uh, he's definitely an outgoing personality. But, uh, you know, he's uh, the work he's done with the hockey department at ESPN is great. But it's this kind of stuff where it's like, man, this is why everyone clowns on, on ESPN, right? And, like, but it's not just ESPN either. Like, there's people at Sportsnet and, you know, TSN and everywhere who – and NBC who legitimately think that Rasmus Ristolainen is still good. Um Here's their description of why. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Worst thing is, even if he was good, it would still, like, even if Rasmus Ristolainen was, like, as good as Morgan Riley, he would still not be the correct answer here. <laughs> yeah, really. But, like, yeah, at least, like, you could defend it a little bit, but it would still be, you'd take the top 10 centerman no matter what. Like, the top 10 24-year-old centerman. Exactly. Like, even if Eichel was on, like, a $12 million contract and Rasmus Ristolainen was actually good, Eichel is just so incredibly valuable that he is the answer here. Yeah. Um, here's their dev, uh, reasoning for it. Um, in part because he provides tremendous value as his in-his-prime minutes-eating defenseman on an incredibly cheap deal. Since 2015, Ristolainen ranks eighth in NHL average ice time. Uh, six active players ahead of him are Doughty, Sutter, Carlson, Burns, Yossi. Each make at least $7 million. Um, that's, uh, using ice time should be illegal, frankly, to evaluate a defenseman in 2020. Um, yep. Uh, if, all, if all you can come up with that's good about a player is their time on ice, that says a lot more bad things than good things about said player. Yes. Um, especially, yeah, like that is the only thing that they mention about him. Um, yeah, that's uh, no, no. Simple as that, no. Um, and they had the worst contract as Jeff Skinner, which I I, I agree with that one. Um, definitely agree with that one. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Calgary Flames. Uh, what do you think their best contract is? They're kind of an interesting one. Um, usually for best contracts, I just say screw it and take a really good player who signed for really long. I don't really have anybody like that, so I'm going to go with Andrew Mangiapane. Ooh, interesting. I'm going to go with Matthew Kachuk. Uh, two years, $7 million. Uh, he just kind of is the team. Like, when you think Calgary, you think Kachuk. Um, and I think he's worth probably – like if you, what is the upper – just knowing that we know that RFAs get underpaid, 
what is the most you'd be willing to pay him where it's like, yeah, he's still going to provide to that value in a nutshell. If you're throwing out uh, comparables. Yeah, that's a tough one. Cause like, I don't think he would get much more than that. Like he deserves much more than that, but like he provides more value than his contract implies kind of thing, just because RFAs are so grossly underpaid. Right. Exactly. But that's what I mean. So it's like, I, I think that like, like if they were paying him $10 million, I still think he would probably be a $10 million player. Like, so that's why I, yeah. that's why I would go with Matthew Kachuk just in terms of value. But yeah, exactly. It's just the thing where people hear $10 million and they're like, Oh, that's an insane amount of money. But like, in reality, Connor McDavid is worth more than a max contract, not just $12 million that he's being paid. Exactly. Um, Mangina Payne's an interesting one, though. Uh, uh, explain that one for everyone. I just like Mangia Payne a lot. He, um, he has really, really good play driving numbers. He scored at about – he's got a pretty good shot, scored at like half a point a game. I think there's just a ton of upside on that contract. And it's so, so cheap in terms of like cost per war. There's a ton of upside there. Yep, uh, that's fair enough. I think if you're going to go with that argument too, I could throw two other names in the mix, mix in Josh Levo and Dominic Simone, uh, just in terms of people who are fit the Tyler Ennis mold of they lead and Spetsamo mold as well, where they lead in um, goals above replacement per dollar just because they are on what is basically an entry-level uh, money deal, and they are still just actual good players who provide third-line value, but you get it at literally the bare bone of a price, so... Um, I yeah, think, like if Nemo scores 15 goals at like 800 grand, that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about their worst contract? I'm kind of torn between which Calgary Canuck. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Tanev. I, I think it's Tanev. I think it has to be Tanev. Um, I think he probably isn't worth 4.5 today, let alone in four years when he's 34 years old, at least with Jacob Markstrom's contract. I think he'll be worth at least $6 million for three more years, probably. And then who knows from there, right? Yeah, for sure. Like Markstrom could be like a top five goalie in the league again next year. We're like on this kind of term, I don't even know if I'd want to pay Chris Tanov anything above buryable. Never mind four and a half million dollars. Yeah, literally. I don't think Tanov is very good. I think that is, one of like I, I haven't minded Calgary's offseason in terms of their, especially their forwards. I like what they did up front, but and, and even in that, I think for this year and next year, it's good. But yeah, for uh, the Brody out Tanov in, I think that is a much bigger decrease than people realize. Yeah, it's really ugly for like the same contract too, essentially. Yeah. Um. Okay. You know what? Ah, uh, maybe. Maybe I have to change my answer just to be different. Who are you thinking? I mean, Milan Lucic is on this team. Yeah, that is true. Actually, yeah, Lucic is a bad I, I think maybe I have to change my Milan Lucic. That, I, I kind of just looked over it because I forgot all about it, if I'm being completely honest. I did too. Like, but that's not a bad deal. Lucic is a tough one because as much as we clown on him, it's, he, he, his numbers weren't like that bad last year. He's not good. Average play driver. He's turned into a guy over the past three years who can't do jack on offense, but has actually been okay in his own end. Like both of his expected goals per 60 and Corsi against per 60. um, Sorry, expected goals against and Corsi against per 60 are like good. Yeah, it's kind of just like he's like a functional third liner. And Tanev 
like a five, number five defenseman sort of thing. So I guess it's just kind of pick your poison because they're both they're both close to the same age. Tannins is one year more, but he's also two years younger. So it's kind of pick your poison. I do think that Milan Lucic though has gone from completely over way 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 overrated to I don't want to say underrated, but like. Some people make it sound as if he's not an NHL player anymore, and he absolutely is an NHL player still. He reminds me of uh, what happened to David Backus. Yeah, yeah, still, exactly. It's just he's just not worth the money he's being paid. Like if you got him on your fourth line or whatever, you're laughing, but you just can't play him over that. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you look at the cap sheet, and it's like, ooh, yeah, that's a lot of money to be on your fourth line. Um, yeah. So uh, they had the best contract as Elias Lindholm and the worst one as Milan Lucic. Um, so I don't – Yeah, so like uh, the, the Lucic thing I don't think – we just kind of talked about it. I don't disagree with that one. I think you can make the argument for it. The Lindholm one, I feel like there's st- people are still betting on what he quote-unquote could turn into and not what he is now, and I feel like we just kind of know what he is now, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, he, he did have that one year where his point totals just, like, popped off the page when the whole team was good, but I don't exactly think that that's, like, Elias Lindholm's true talent. Yeah, exactly. And, like, like if you're going to make an argument for which Carolina Hurricane they got over on a best contract, I think Noah Hannafin takes it over Lindholm. See, I think I'd rather have Lindholm. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. That's a tough call. Actually. I do Hanif- like Lindholm. Hannafin is like, I don't, I don't like, I, I don't mind either of them, but like Hannafin was like legitimately good last year. Yeah. He's one of the ones that's tough. If, if last year was like um, an actual breakout year, kind of just like a blip, which he's 23. So there's a good chance it was actually just a breakout year. Yeah. I mean like even in 2018, 19, his whole thing was he's really good at offense, really not good in his own end. 2017-18, he was really good at offense and just fine in his own end. So, like, I don't know. I think it's safe to say that you, if you, as long as you know what you're getting out of Hannafin, which is an offensive defenseman who needs someone who knows how to play in their own end, you're going to get good results out of Noah Hannafin. Yeah, that's fair. I, could, I, I, could... I would probably take – but even both of them, like, I feel like both of them are slightly overrated by the uh, – uh, general public just because it's both of both, both players, sorry. I just thought of the 20 and 21 year olds that they were traded as. Yeah, exactly. And then Lind, like they're both high draft picks too, which doesn't help people like dreaming on their potential or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I think they're both fine NHL players, but at this point I think, you know, it's, it's clear that they're not going to be absolute studs. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, okay, next team, the Carolina Hurricanes. This is uh, a good one. Best contract for me, uh, it has to be Jacob Slavin. Yes, there's not enough term on the Dougie deal. Yes. Actually, I'm Aho. Yeah, Aho's another one. I, I, but like, man, I don't know. Like, Slavin is 5.3 for five more years. Oh, Aho, yeah, Aho's really good, but like, 8.4 for four more years. Like, not, yeah, not that you're complaining. I, I don't know. I, I think for me it has to be Jacob Slavin. That's fair. I'd go off. I just – I like the centerman, point-per-game centerman, age 23 a lot. And that's – Slavin would be my two. Yeah. Um, Dougie would be – if there was even, I think, two more years on that contract, I think he would be my number one on the team. Just because I think there's a 
it slammed. It, it blows my mind. He, I think Dougie Hamilton right now is the most underrated player in the entire NHL. Yeah, um, like league whatever. Did you see yeah. Dom's poll? Nah, I didn't see his poll, no. So he posted, um, who would you rather have, Seth Jones? Or... Oh, yeah, sorry, I did see it, yeah. And, and it was like 50-50, and then there was also some votes for it's too close to tell, which it absolutely is not too close to tell. One of them is a top three defenseman. The other one, I'm curious some days if he's a number one defenseman. But And Seth Jones slightly won, and this is like one of the biggest analytics nerds posting this poll. So it's already a super biased audience, and Seth yeah. Jones still yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Dougie Hamilton's probably one of them. That's a, that's a conversation for another day, though. Best contract, Slavin or Aho. Uh, worst contract for me, it's Brady Shea. Yep, I completely agree. Um, Unless Gardner, yeah. But even then, I think you can just toss Gardner on LTIR, and he's just not going to provide any value for you. But he's not going to hit your cap either, right? Like, true. Whereas Shea could be like a true net negative. Yeah, so that would be my two. That would be my choice. Uh, they had Slavin and Gardner, so I'm assuming they're. I, I think uh, people don't. I think the general public doesn't is still higher on Shea than we are. Um, but yeah, at I the will same, say, whatever contracts Fetchnikov signs will almost certainly be the new right answer here. Probably yes, um, especially if it's like a four-year deal at like six or something like that. Yeah, like, like a classic made out of ELC deal. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that, uh, yeah, that definitely, I think, would, uh, oh, Jesus Christ. I, oh, my God. Okay, I just saw the next team, Chicago Blackhawks. Saw their best contract, and I don't like it. Let's go best contract, Chicago Blackhawks. Who do you got? Oh, God. Is their answer going to be Patrick Kane? No, it is not, actually. Um, I guess to bring it. It's the only really good contract on the books at all. So it's got to be Dabrinkit, $6.4 million for a really, really talented shooter that's young and might get better. I like that deal. This is a sad freaking cap sheet, dude. There is nothing. Dabrinkit is only non-ELC that doesn't, that is good. I was even looking at like like a Tyler Ennis 900K type, and then I guess you got like Lucas Walmark and David Kampf and Ryan Carpenter. And like, I don't know, I don't want to hate those guys as your depth, but like... They're definitely not providing the money. If that's the most value on your team, gee, yeah, it's got to be to bring it. Yeah. Uh, worst contract. Oops. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, worst contract. Assuming Brent Seabrook isn't on LTIR. He's just on IR right now. So I'll Brent Seabrook all, all day, every day. Yeah. A hundred percent. They had their best contract as Duncan Keith. Oh, I knew it was going to be Keith or Kane. Yeah. That's yeah. Honestly, like at this point, if someone wanted to make that, I think you can make the argument their best contract could be Patrick Kane. Like, I don't like, I'm way lower in the public than Patrick Kane, but I still think he's probably what? He's definitely a top 30 winger still. Oh, yeah, he's a first liner for sure. It's uh, those things where like Kane being possibly number one is just. Uh, talking about how bad the rest of the contracts are, not talking about how good the Kane contract yeah, is. Yeah, so that would be my argument to make Kane one. But Duncan Keith, this is just uh, this is just people not realizing how bad he's been for two years now, especially last. He was just like, but and also I think it's biased because he looked good for about three games against the Edmonton Oilers in the bubble last in this uh, when they came back, and that is I think definitely swayed everyone's perception of Duncan Keith and uh, Jonathan Taves. 
Yeah, a lot of people are going to be in, a, in for a rude awakening when they realize that three games in the bubble doesn't actually mean jack shit about a player's true talent next year. Yeah, uh, I feel like there's definitely a couple teams where it's like, man, I think a lot was made out of that. Montreal maybe being one of them as well, where uh, congrats, you beat a Pittsburgh team in four games. Uh, I don't, you know, you were you were set to miss the playoffs by uh, a very wide margin. You almost missed the bubble by a point. Buffalo was one game behind you, and you you just barely had it. Yeah, or people who think that Vancouver is going to be good next year after getting bailed out by a goalie all year, and now not having that goalie going into next season. Yeah, now I yeah yeah for sure. Yeah, that's another conversation because this is going to be a long episode. Um, yeah, and then Brunty birthday head is the worst. That's fair. Uh, no arguing that one. Pretty well uh, known that he's like the worst contract in the league for the past like three seasons. Yeah, exactly. Um. I guess the one thing I'll ask on Ben Sieber quick, when does it stop becoming one of the worst contracts in the league or even on Chicago? Maybe not, maybe not Chicago, but at least in the league. I think next year it stops becoming one of the worst contracts in the league. Cause there will only be two more years left after the season. Like it's a term thing that gets it out of the woods. Not. Yeah. So after 21, 22, right. Yeah. Cause he's got four more years going into this year. So you play this year, you play next year, and then, yeah, I would agree. There's two more years at 6.8. It's not good, but hopefully you can just find a team to bury it. Yeah, exactly. Or just sit there while you're bad. Yeah, exactly. Like- yes. Yeah. Um, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, best or worst? Best. The best? This has got to be the biggest slam dunk, Nathan McKinnon. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, there's literally nothing else to say about it, I don't think. like Another Colorado or uh, Buffalo level one where you have to like so galaxy brain it to even come close to another answer. Kale McCarr would have to take like a four-year deal at $3 million or something next year, I think, for it to even come close. And even I mean, then, I would still go McDavid but, or McKinnon, sorry, but... If Kale McCarr signs a deal with enough term, he could easily overtake it because there will only be two more years left. Yes. Yeah, but as of right now, that's just there's nothing anywhere close. I'm sorry. It's probably the best contract in the league. Yep. In terms of per dollar value, I would assume so. It's got to be like right up there, anyways. Especially if you set a threshold of over like three million dollar contracts. Yeah, exactly. Best real contract in the league. Yeah, not just a one year prove a deal or whatever. Um, worst contract. This is another tough one for a worst contract. Um. Ah, this is tough. I liked the Jonas Donskoy one going in. Damn, you know, was bad last year. Yeah, that's the one I was going to choose just because of how poor he was last year. Um, maybe he can make the case for Eric Johnson too. Although, like, I, I don't even think Eric Johnson's bad. It's just that he has $6 million at age 32. Yeah, he's just expensive. The other one I was kind of thinking is Ryan Graves. Yeah, yeah, that is the – but even, like, I don't know. Like, if he's a number five defenseman, you're paying him $3 million. I think it's, it's not great. And yeah, maybe it is the worst on this team. That, again, this is one where it's like, you have to kind of stretch to make a really bad one just because their cap yeah. sheet is relatively clean. Right. Like yeah. my prior was pretty high on Don's Coy, So I'm going to assume that he's going to bounce back next year and say Ryan Graves. Okay. I'll say Don's Coy just because he was so bad this past year. He was like, it yeah. was gross. He was really, really bad. Um, Bumper's another one that's low-key, not that good. Yeah, ESPN had uh, McKinnon as the best, and Donskoy is the worst. Um, they said it, they said on the Donskoy one, it's not that bad of a contract, but uh, you have to nitpick to find a worst. 
Uh, Don Scoy didn't play that great uh, in his first year, uh, which is very fair. Um, so, yeah, they, they don't have this is a bad one. Yeah, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, what's their best? I think we're probably going to disagree with the general majority here, but let me hear yeah, it anyways. Public answer would be Seth, Seth Jones. Jones by a mile. I think ninety nine percent of people would choose Seth Jones. Uh, can I play the fifth on this one? Actually, no. <laughs> Oliver Bjorkstrand. That is their best contract by a mile, I think. Yeah, probably. Maybe one of their goalies. Yeah, maybe. Like, like I, even as little as I like Seth, not even. I just I don't. I'm, Seth Jones is a case to me where it's like sometimes it feels like he just plays a lot of minutes. I don't know how well he plays them, but then you also watch him on the ice, and it's like, well, it looks like he's doing all the right st- things, right? Like it doesn't seem like sh- stuff is going in when he's on the ice, but the stats suggest that like maybe that's not him. It's more just luck, you know? Yeah, he's one of those guys where he's like the perfect. Um why you can't rely on just your eyes. Cause like he looks competent and talented out there, but. Oh, he looks amazing. Like even just like that series against Toronto, it just looked like nothing happened when you were on the ice and you look at his stats after a couple games. It's like, no, like he got pretty freaking shelled while he was on the ice. Like. Yeah, exactly. And then real goal. Like, I don't know. I'm very, very torn on what to think of Seth Jones because. Everything with the eye test. And, I mean, it's not like like this year he had an expected goals of 51% when he was on the ice. So it's not like he was – but that ranks um, sixth on his own defensive list. And, I mean, if you make it for 30-plus games, it's fourth. But the only guys behind him on his defense uh, core was David Savard, Marcus Nudavara, and Scott Harrington. So Yeah, exactly. And if you have a bunch of no-names behind you, essentially – you should be pretty high on that list if Seth Jones was half as good as everybody thinks. Yeah, and I mean, like, he floated he floated around 50 the year before, and, like, Dean Kukin, Ryan Murray, David Savard, Marcus Nunavaro were ahead of him. I don't know. I, but, I mean, there's uh, – this contract list is pretty ugly, too. Just not even ugly, but there's just no – everything's so short-term, there's not really a lot of good value here. So, like – even with what I think of Seth Jones, I think there's maybe an argument to be made. He's up there with one of the better contracts they have. Even if you just view him as like the 35th best defenseman in the league. Yeah. Just because of how little there is mm. else to like here. Um, what, what, what do you think their worst is? Um, I want to say Dubinsky, but it's only one year. So I don't think it can be that bad. Um, yeah, and, like, the longest one is Atkinson, but it's not like it's that, like, long of a con- – or, sorry, it's not like it's that high. I'm going to go with Gustav Nyquist, I think. That's fair. I don't, he, I don't mind Nyquist, but – Yeah, I don't mind him either, but he really struggled this past year. He's got three more years after that 5.5, and if he's even, like, part what he showed this past year, they're in trouble with that one, I think. Yeah, 100%. I guess the – I guess – I. Forgot that Pierre-Luc Dubois is unsigned. Whenever that contract gets signed, whatever it is, it will be the best by a mile. Yes, yeah, you would have to assume so. Um, ESPN at Seth Jones, not a shock there. Uh, and then Brandon Dubinsky is the worst. So they just pretty much said he's not good. It's one year, but it's still a high cap hit for a guy who is not very good. Yeah, I'd probably just say Dubinsky. He is bad. Yeah, I can't really argue with that one either. Uh, the Dallas Stars. This is another interesting one, given how their highest paid players played in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I mean, like, 
I feel like uh, like it's definitely not Sagan or Ben or anything like that. I think John Klingberg is maybe my answer here, I think. Oh, for best? Yeah. Yeah, I like Klingberg. Like, I want to say Ben Bishop, but 34, he's injured all the time too. I'm going to go with Klingberg. At two years, 4.25. He's just he's so good that I think he just provides the most value. I would say Klingberg as well. Um, they're worse. But yeah, their worst. So is it is it Jamie Ben or is it Elsa Lindell? I think it's Jamie Ben, man. Like, I think it actually is too. Just given his age and how much, like the magnitude of the contract. Yeah, like it's maybe not even this. Like, I, I don't think he's quite worth nine point. He wasn't worth nine point five last season. I don't think. But even if he's like the seven point five ish mil range, it's just like. Within what's he going to be for in years three to five of this contract coming up when he's thirty three to thirty five? You know, like yeah, it looks like he's already riding the cliff down, and yeah. that's kind of terrifying. Exactly. So I, I think it's Jamie Ben. Just more terms of like, if you were just doing a one year thing, I think he would still stay afloat this year. But uh, when you look at the back half of that contract, I think that's potentially get ugly. Yeah, and it's and it's just easier for guys on big contracts to grossly underperform. Yeah, especially the uh, body style like here, where he just played a physical game his entire career, right? Yeah, and he's thirty-one. Oh, geez. Or, okay, ESPN had the same Klingberg best. Jamie Ben is the worst. Oh wow, I'm surprised they would have picked Jamie Ben. Yeah, um, they said it was just four years ago. Ben finished third in heart voting, and we were talking about a top three winger in the league. However. Uh, his point totals have dipped each of the past three seasons, disappointing 39 points in 69 games this past season. Um, and then Ben famously drew the ire of team president Jim Lights in 2018, who uh, ripped him in Sagan. Uh, ben provided tremendous value in the postseason. However, can he carry that over the next season and for four more after that one? Yeah, that's the, that's why I was kind of thinking the playoffs would make it interesting because Ben would have been a slam dunk based just on the regular season. But like, his amazing playoff output was still Not less than right. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that awesome. It was just much better than what they had saw for the rest of the season. So Yeah, exactly. But uh yeah, I don't know. See, and that, like so going back to the ESPN discussion really quick, and I, we gotta keep going here because this is gonna be a really long episode, I think. But that's the thing where it's like I, I don't understand how they come to like the Rasmus versus aligning conclusion when it's like it's not like the people are stupid obviously making these lists because it's like they're actively thinking of stuff like that too right so yeah like they're willing to say jamie ben is not a good contract yeah exactly so okay let's uh, we'll speed it up a little more here um especially on a team like this detroit red wings best contract has to be dylan larkin right yeah you could hot take mantha because there's the extra year but larkin's the better player he's younger he plays a more valuable position it's still larkin yeah um worst contract this used to be just a pick em. Um Honestly, they, it, their cap sheet looks a lot better just due to natural timing, really. There's only two years left on most of their ugly deals. Which one's the worst that you would least want out of all of these? Probably DeKaiser. I think so, too. That or Franz Nielsen, maybe. Nielsen isn't good either. I think Nielsen's got more left, more in the tank than DeKaiser, though. Yeah, probably. Uh, they had poison, though, that I would accept either. Yeah, uh, they had Larkin, and then Nielsen is the worst. So, um, yep, that's fair. Edmonton, uh, who who do you have that's the best one on Edmonton? Um, 
I'm gonna. I really like Tyson Barry. No, uh, it's it's Connor McDavid. That's it's gotta be Connor. I'm sorry. Like just with a, again, if you're going over a one year thing, I still think it's Connor McDavid. But at least you could like make the argument of McDavid versus Barry. Just Barry, how cheap he's going to be versus how much he has the potential to provide this year. But if you have to look over the length of a contract, I'm sorry, McDavid is providing so much positive value for the next six years. So exactly, and it's one of those things where like you have to think a little bit because in terms of dollars per point Barry might win but guess where all of Barry's points are going to come from this year the power play with with McDavid yeah or on 5v5 with Connor McDavid so yeah exactly yeah um yeah that's pretty easy uh worst one what do you what do you think probably James Neal although Cassian could be I was gonna I was gonna go with Zach Cassian but I, I I would accept either of them I think too I think you can make a very reasonable argument for either two yeah, they're both just not good. Neil's just makes more. I think he's worse. So yeah, uh, they had Barry as the best. Uh, so that was a bit of a surprise. Um, their d- decision pretty much was uh, he took less money, less term. Uh, Barry's a legitimate top four defenseman. When he's clicking, he can drive play in the quarterback, and they need a power play quarterback. Um, the thing is, we've learned he can't drive play. Yeah. So and then. They said, plus, if Kyle Turris rediscovers his game, he'll be the team's biggest bargain at $1.65 million over the next two years. I think it's just overlooking how much value Connor McDavid brings here. Um, yeah, it's, it's Connor McDavid. It's also, it's again, one of those ones where, like, if Tyson Berry was as good as they think he is, he would still not be the correct answer. Yeah, and, and I, was, I was talking to Jeff uh, Velliette about this the other day on Twitter, and he was mentioning that, like, for a, a place like ESPN, it's like there's a lot of casual people who do, read that. And if they read that Connor McDavid's actually the best contract in the NHL, they'll be like, screw this, I'm not reading. Which part of me understands that, but part of me also thinks that like the top networks in the sport should be trying to um, increase the knowledge of fans, not just pander to their stupid uh, preconceptions. So, Yeah, exactly. Like help, help people learn that like, oh, based on people like Dom who really thought this through – uh, ideas that McDavid's actually worth a lot more than that. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I don't really, whatever. Uh, they, they had the worst of James Neal. I, it's fair, totally fair. I can't argue that one at all. Yep. Um, Florida Panthers, best and worst. I think a lot of people would say Barkov for the best, but I'm going to go with Huberto. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really disagree uh, as I try and pull up Florida's cap page because I can't seem to find there it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's fair. I, I think I'm still going to go with Barkov two years younger, plays a more important position, same cap hit. And he has one last year, which kind of hurts him a little bit, but I, I think there's the case to be made for either one of them. Yeah. I think you could go Ekblad too. You got the young right-handed defenseman with a lot of term who like, Ek- looks Ek- might actually be a number one. Ekblad's career has been really funny because he went from, he had the really good rookie season and then got super overrated as he had a bunch of concussions. And now he's probably underrated because of how overrated he was. Yeah, exactly. Cause Where, it, it, even the rookie year it was like, well, he was playing with the play driving God, Brian Campbell, and then Campbell retired. And then Ekblad magically got bad. It's like, well, he's probably just not even close to that good to begin with. Yeah, and then it looked like this contract, the 7.5 mil long-term contract was going to be a disaster, but like now it looks pretty good. But I, I think I would still probably go Barkov. Just he's a, uh, he's a really – he's a top – he's number one centerman at 5.9 mil, 25 years old. Uh, it's kind of hard to argue that, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. I just think Huberto's the one who's better at five-on-five. 
Like yeah. he's the bottom there um, and I mean it'll be really interesting to see how Evgeny Dadanov plays in Ottawa because he played a lot of his minutes with both of these guys um, you know and both of them are super super good so it'll be really interesting to see how they click without him and how he clicks without them um, yeah. worst worst contract is uh, Sergei Poprovsky there's uh, that might be the easiest one we have today I think yep 32 years old wasn't worth it last year doesn't look like he's going to be worth it he might actually be worth it like this year or maybe the year after he randomly. Has to, he has to be a Vesna candidate for at least three of these seasons to be even close to worth it. And he was yeah. just, he was like the worst goalie in the league. He was the worst starter in the league last year. Yeah, exactly. Like I could see him having like one more year where he justifies it, but he needs to do it like four times over and he is absolutely not going to do that. Yeah. And I mean, like if he has one more poor year, I don't even think I can see him having a year where he justifies it. I just see him having a year where he doesn't absolutely completely Tank. shit himself, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so they have their best as Barkov uh, and the worst as Brabowski. Again, pretty, uh, pretty easy. Um, you know, their thing for Barkov was uh, Barkov was widely accepted by his peers as the most underrated player in the league for a while. Uh, now the number one center's greatness. He has tremendous skill, can outmuscle opponents, sound defensive game, which I don't know if that's necessary. I feel like that's, we've talked about that too. That's probably the most overrated thing about him. He had one really good defensive year, and then that people just said he was an amazing defensive centerman. But yeah, he just happened to have it when he was young, so it kind of stuck forever. But in reality, he's just like a penalty differential god, which plays into his elite power play prowess. Yeah, exactly. So um, Barovsky is an easy one too. <laughs> the, uh, the LA Kings. This is uh, this is a fun one. LA Kings best contract. God, please don't tell me they have Drew Doughty. They do not have Drew Doughty, which I'm very happy to see. I, I'm laughing at the name because, honestly, I think you might pick it. And I, I'm impressed that they have it, but it's also just kind of sad. <laughs> um, is it Actually, you know, I don't, I don't – yeah, it's Sean Walker. <laughs> they have it's the best, best contract on this team. Which, that is kind of sad. I think it probably is Sean Walker. <laughs> it's the, the saddest thing I've ever seen, but at the same time <laughs> – can you argue it? No, I think it, like, Kopitar's too old. Make, like, Kopitar's still kind of good, but, like, he's, he's making so much money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't think you can argue this. And, like, <laughs> unless your argument is Cal Patterson at 900K <laughs> for two years. That has to be the two best contracts on this team, right? Yep. Cal Pedersen has played, what, like 20 NHL games? <laughs> yeah, and he's 26 years old. Uh, Sean Walker's just fine. He's yeah, just he's a, he's a good defensive. He's whatever, number three, number four kind of guy. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> Travis Dermott being the best <laughs> on your team. Yeah, like, that. God, that is sad. But I can't even disagree with them at this point. You know what? I, I, I'm impressed I they have Sean Walker. I'm very proud of him. I love it. I'm gonna, I haven't looked. I'm going to assume their worst contract on this team is uh, not Drew Doughty, Jonathan Quick. But I'm going to go – or Dustin Brown maybe. I'm going to go Drew Doughty. I don't think he's that good anymore. I, 11 mil uh, for a billion years, it's Drew Doughty in my opinion. And I don't think you can argue, argue off of that for me. Yeah, there's like – nothing that really justifies like even his traditional Ooh. like point slash plus minus are bad now they like, had the worst as drew doughty oh wow good really for you espn good for you i am i you're, i don't know 
I think there's got to be some cognitive dissonance to both believe Drew Doughty's bad and Rasmus Ristolainen's good at the same time. But um, yeah, good for I them. mean, yeah, the, the explanation is: is Drew Doughty a number one defenseman? Yes, that's debatable. Actually, I don't even think it's bad. I don't think he's a number one defenseman. Is he still one of the league's top shutdown guys? Also, yes. No, I don't think he is. But that doesn't mean his contract makes sense for this team. Doughty is the fifth highest cap hit in the league, second highest of all blue liners. Uh, the Kings are in a rebuild mode, and he runs through age 37 season. So there's is pretty much – he's still decent now, but it's so long that it's going to be bad anyways, which uh, would make sense, uh, except I don't even think he's good now. So Because no, the only argument against – because his underlying numbers are trash. The only argument against that is like, well, it's because he's playing tough competition, and A – Anze Kopitar plays with the same dog shit teammates as Drew Doughty and doesn't get filled in because he's actually good at his position still. And B, that still means Drew, da- Drew Doughty's getting killed when playing against the best players on earth. And if you're getting killed by the best players on earth, you're almost certainly not one of the best players on earth. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't have much more to add to that. Uh, trying to, I wish Zoom would uh, tell you how long the call, the recording has been going on. Um, but I'm just trying to see. I don't want this to be like a two-hour episode or anything. But I think we started the call at the one fifteen, and probably didn't start recording till. Yeah, we're still probably good. We're probably at forty-five minute mark now. So we're I think halfway. Minnesota Wild. Who is your best contract on this team? Um, non-ELC sucks because I wish I could say Kaprizov. Uh, Kevin Fiala. Yep, I think that is who I would go with as well. I uh, I liked some of their pieces on the blue line, like Brodine and Spurgeon, but... Uh, They're all bad con- deals. Yeah, those contract extensions are ugly, so Good it's got to be Fiala, I think. Yeah. Um, frick, take your pick here on the worst deal, dude. Their worst? I. How long does the Brodine deal go? Um, I think he's, did he sign for eight years? One, two, three, oh, seven. It's, okay, so then it's eight more. It's, this year he's at 4.1, and then he's got six, uh, seven years at six mil. It might be Brodeen. Just a length, yeah. Like, Maybe, it just but, goes forever. Although it might be, it might be Spurgeon, though. Like, Spurgeon's just starting the first year of his seven-year deal, and he's four years older than Brodeen. Three years older. Yeah, actually, it, it might be Spurgeon, even though he's like a borderline Norris caliber defenseman now. They're legitimately one, two, three, four, five contracts, I think you can make an argument for. Parise, Suter, Spurgeon, Brodine, and honestly, I think you could toss Matt Zuccarello in there. I don't even but, think you can throw Zuccarello in because of how bad the rest of them are, yeah, but like that is also should. a terrible contract. Yeah, and it's not like Victor Rask is good either. But, like, yeah, it's like, just, like, at that point, it's just, like, the others are so much longer that it's, like, oh, what do you do here? Yeah, like, most competitive teams, that Zuccarello deal would be the worst contract on. Yeah, I'm – man, I think I'm going to go Zach Parise, actually. He's, yeah, he's 36 30. years old, he's seven and a half mil for five more years. Like, the Spurgeon one isn't good either, and those thing either is the Brodeen one, but I have way more faith in Brodeen at least being a six mil defenseman in five years from now than I do Zach Parise being good enough to be in this league. Yeah, I'll actually say Parise, too. That is that is catastrophic. Yeah. Um, they went with Kevin Fiala as the best contract, uh, and Matt Zuccarello, actually, is the worst one. 
Poor Zuccarello getting singled out out of all of this. <laughs> yeah, so they said the moment this uh, contract was handed out, it felt like a mistake. Not a, not a lie. Uh, it's no knock on the player. It's look at how beloved Zuccarello was as a ranger. He led the team in scoring four times. However, the Wild need to rebuild and get younger. See, so some of the, some of the reasonings with these, I don't really, like, I don't really care if the team's in a rebuild. If the contract's bad, the contract's bad, you know? Like, yep, 100%. Like, like if you're, I don't really care. Like if you're Drew Doughty and if you're providing pre, uh, positive value, you're still on a good contract, but you know, he's not doing that. So I don't really care if they're rebuilding or not. Like it's a bad contract, yeah, like, you know? Bad like, deal's a bad deal. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, they had Matt Zuccarello. I would probably go with one of the four, three defensemen or one forward that's locked up for the next 10 years. It feels like, but. Yeah, it's it's still also just not a good contract. There's a lot to pick from there. Yeah. Um, Montreal Canadiens, best contract? The best contract on the Habs? How much years does Philip Deneau have left? One, One, right? One year, never mind. Um, Still maybe Phil... uh, Tyler Toffoli, actually? Tyler Toffoli is who I would look at. Uh, Gallagher, maybe? I don't know. Like we talked about, the Gallagher one goes so long, though. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think the Gallagher contract's bad, but I don't think it's like a great contract either. I think Toffoli. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna have to go to Foley too, just because it's actually a low, low term. Because like I like, I like the Petrie and Gallagher AAVs for right now, but uh, it, both of them are like it's just too long for their age. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, worst contract. This one's pretty easy, I think, too. Right, Carey Price. Um, Joel Edmondson, if Carey Price wasn't a thing, Joel Edmondson, I think, would be uh, my choice, if I'm being completely uh, I'd probably go Weber still, but... But Weber doesn't affect them. Like, if he retires, they don't have any bad number on their cap, right? Like... That is true. I forgot that Nashville's the one that has to eat that, no matter what. Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's the... If we're, if we're playing it as they're not retiring and they play it out until 20, 25, 26, maybe you go Weber then... Cause it's kind of hard to see him making almost eight mil at 20, at 40 years old or whatever. But yeah, I don't like, I, I think I will always defend the Weber one. I, I still think they should have got more than just Shea Weber for trading PK Subban in his prime, who was a perennial Norris candidate. Um, that being said, I will still defend the, the, the Weber one, I think more just because they have literally no risk if he retires or something like that. Yeah, that's true. I, I always forget that Nashville has like a comically big cap recapture penalty if whoever ever does it's like yeah it's like 16 mil if he retires in a certain year or something like that so if he retires on the final year and only for the final year it's like 24 million dollars yeah so um that's insane because you're basically just telling nashville they can't feel the team yeah pretty much um yeah but it's carry price i I'm very curious to look at this ESPN article and see if they have carry price or see if they have someone else because carry price is still quote unquote the best goalie in the world but uh, they Especially have Phil, Phil Deneau is the best one. That's fair. I like the Deneau con. It sucks it's only one more year, but, like, he will yeah. provide a lot more value than that. Next I year. mean, yeah. And, I mean, even, yeah, this year he's making $3 million. It's like, yeah, you have a legitimate top 30 centerman making $3 million. Yeah. And it's yeah. not like there's a Braden Point contract next to him or anything outrageous like that either. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they had carry prices the worst, so that's good. Oh, good for um, them. Price is still one of the league's most respected goalies, which I think is fair, 
given the um, player polls about him. Carefully worded sentence. Yes, but at 33, <laughs> he has prob- probably already peaked. <laughs> he, he, can still, <laughs> he can still play at an elite level for another few years, but his cap hit and term uh, are quite rich, especially considering that Montreal felt the need to acquire a very good backup in Jake Allen so that Price could play less. As someone who can get sucked into speaking like that, I love when Carey Price peaked like six years ago and still speaking probabilistically about that. Yeah, you, you have to say probably because then uh, Old Take Exposed can't come at you and say, yeah, see, you said he peaked already, you dumbass. <laughs> it was like half a decade ago already. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny, but it's good to see that they have him on there. Um, <laughs> the next team is the Nashville Predators. Uh, best contract, which one do you think? Um, they don't actually have as many answers here as they did like three years ago, but, uh, I'm torn between Forsberg and Ekholm. I'll go Ekholm because it's just such a small number. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two. I think maybe you could make a case for Arvidsson, although he had a down year last year, but like the double the length is nice. Coming into this year, definitely. It'd be a little even a down year. Yeah. But I think I'd probably go Ekholm as well. Um, uh, the Ellis deal is not bad, but it just goes for so long where it's like by the end you're running a risk. Like he's in the second year of his deal. So there's two, four, six, seven, there's seven more left, including this year. So he'll be 36 by the end of it. It's not like the ones where we see all the way to 40, but 34 to 36 years of Ryan Ellis is still a little questionable, but even at 6.25, like he might still provide most value over the course of the contract. I don't know. He very well could. The Ellis deal is like the Spurgeon one on steroids, essentially. He's younger. It doesn't go to as old of an age. He's probably better right now, and it's for less money. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. I, maybe, I, maybe you can make the argument with Ellis. Um, I think Eckholm's a pretty safe bet, too, though, just because of how good he is and how low of a number it is. Uh, yeah. Worst contract on this team. There's a couple to pick from, I think. Um, there's less now with Kyle Turris being bought out, but uh, – what, what, what do you have as the worst? There's not, like, a lot of just dead money. I'm torn between Johansson and Duchesne. Yeah, I think those are the two. I think if you wanted to hot take yourself, you could hot take yourself into Roman Yossi um, just because it goes until he's 38. But, again, he's another guy where I don't really see – I think he's going to provide more than what he's worth for a couple more years. So even if that balances out by the end, it'll just be a net neutral, whereas, like, I, I like one of the favorites to be in like the top five for Norris Trophy voting next year, whereas Duchesne and Ryan Johansson will absolutely not be in the best centerman of the league conversation. <laughs> they're they're not even gonna be close because they haven't been close for years. Like, yeah, you know? like they, they won't even be the best centerman in their division, and I can say that without looking around their division. Yeah, oh, they and Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah, like. Uh... I don't know. I I think you could kind of flip a coin. I think I might go with Johansson just because Duchesne's priors are stronger. I think I agree with you. He was worse last year too, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah. Like last year, Duchesne wasn't even that bad. He just couldn't score, but like all of his expected goals and stuff were above average. Whereas Ryan Johansson was just completely below average for everything. And then their three season sample for Rapham. Duchesne's about a standard deviation above and everything, and 
Johansson's about a standard deviation above in all the offensive things and very, and two standard deviations below and expected goals against per 60. So uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go then with Ryan Johansson's the worst one. Yeah. I, I like Johansson as the worst. I would have done Kyle Turris if they didn't buy him out this off season though. I, I think because he's just like Kyle Turris is like a fourth line centerman, whereas like Johansson's not great, but he's probably still like the, 50th ish ish i would assume yeah, something like that 50 between 50 and 65 that kind of range maybe yeah uh, in so, there uh they had victor arvidsson as the best deal and matt duchene is the worst so again like two reasonable enough things um they did mention that he uh, arvidsson's coming off a not so great uh season but they said that this is the first down season he's had in his career so they're he did kinda, also like, two years ago was a really up like, he scored yeah. the most goals he ever had in less than 60 games. So it's not that unreasonable that he had a down right after an up, right? Yeah, I mean, and if he's somewhere in the middle, I think that's still a uh, very good contract in terms of four mil for a, a top-line winger, right? So Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and then there were Matthew Shane. Uh, I would go with Johansson. I think pretty – I think strongly now, but it's not like the Shane contract is very good either. He's 29, he's 8 mil through 25, 26, so – yeah, year older with the extra year on top of that. I can see it. Yeah. Um, New Jersey Devils, best contract and why? Without looking, Hishé? Probably. Yeah, I think that's probably what I would go to. Um, if you wanted to do a one-year thing, maybe get Kyle Palmieri. Yeah, I like but, Palmieri. But I think just, yeah, Hishé is 21 years old, 7.25. I think he'll be that for the you know entirety of his contract pretty much. I think Hishier is a pretty easy one here. Yep, he's, he's not probably not going to be a superstar, but he's, he's good. Yeah. Probably. Uh, I don't know. What's the worst one here? They really don't have a horrible contract, in my opinion. I think it's Subban by a decent margin, which doesn't yeah. make me happy to say because I like Subban. But. Yeah, I guess. Like, it kind of has to be. But even that, it's two years, right? Like, it's... Yeah, he was this pretty is, bad last year. Oh, I know. But, like, this is a clean cap sheet if you're the New Jersey Devils. Like, oh, yeah, long-term they're set. They're, they'd be low-key a good team to take over just because there's only one long-term deal and you weren't going to be getting rid of Nico Hishier anyways. Yeah, I mean, you have Corey Schneider's money on the book for four more years. That kind of sucks. but Because uh, that would have been my choice, I think, before the buyout. But, yeah, I think Subban's a fine one. Nine mil, he's, he's struggled. His injuries really look like he's just kind of overtaking his career. Yeah. Uh, they went Kyle Palmieri is the best and PK Subban is the worst. Yeah, that's oh. fair enough. Palmieri is good and worth more than his contract, so it's not completely unreasonable. Yeah, I think that's fine. I, I would probably go Hishier, though, just because uh, of how long and for his entire prime, but still. <laughs> New- oh, good Lord. Uh, the New York Islanders. <laughs> I just Uh-oh. got a peek at their best contract, and uh, it is another sad one. I am, uh, I am afraid to say. Um, also, their best contract hasn't been signed yet. It is no, whatever. It's going to be whatever Barzell is. Uh, what is their best contract right now? See, their other one was going to be whatever Devin Tays signs <laughs> for, but uh, I guess Pulak. Yeah, or Sorokin has the possibility. I guess. Yeah, that's – oh, no, that's not an ELC. Yeah, it's not an ELC. So, like, like is it I, – I think I, – I would go Pulak. I'm okay with that. But 
<laughs> it is funny. sad that Sorokin might be. I think he's probably got to be top three. Yeah, zero it, NHL games. <laughs> yeah, like if you're not including Matthew Barzell, he's top two. <laughs> probably. Like, what are the other possible candidates here? Anthony Bolivier? And yeah, but is that maybe uh, like Adam? Not a bad contract, right? Yeah, not even, like yeah. maybe Adam Bellick? <laughs> like. Oh man, yeah. Okay, you know, the Pelican I, one is also good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> same thing here. What's their worst contract on this box? This is kind of just like close your eyes and throw a dart. But literally, uh, I'm gonna say Anders Lee, or is yeah, Anders Lee because it's the most expensive. Yeah. Hesitantly, might be Pajot. I don't. I don't want to say Pajot because of how much I love him, but like. But also, like, Andrew Ladd still makes five and a half mil for three more years, and he's barely an NHLer at this point. Yeah, that is also really bad. Might be Farlamov, too. Yeah, like, Brock Nelson makes six mil for five more years. Like, frick, Anyone dude. who makes over $3, over $3 million and is a forward, I could hear an argument for on this team. God, I love this cap page every time I look at it more <laughs> and more. Okay, do you want to know what the best contract ESPN had? Sure. Scott Mayfield, $1.45 million for the next three years. Here's their explanation. Mayfield is a big six foot five aggressive right hand defenseman who can be trusted to put up some solid minutes on a second pairing. He seems to be thriving in Barry Trott's system. They signed him to a five-year deal in 2018. Um, and it's one of his last big moves, uh, Garth Snow's last big moves. When the only good things you have to describe is that he's cheap, he is six foot five and aggressive and plays the right side with big minutes. Man, that's a that's that's something. That's, I don't know about thriving either. He's just like keeping Fine. his head above water. Yeah, like it's. And I mean, like, keeping your head above water for $1.4 million on a second pair on this, the right side. It is absolutely a top 10 best con. I would say probably top six or seven. Top six, top seven maybe if you're not including Barzell. Yeah, this is this is bad. <laughs> like, like, the only ones I can see providing, like, really positive value this year, Pulak, or over the course of their contract, I guess I should say, Pulak, Sorokin, um, Del Cole. Just because he makes seven hundred k, Beauvillier, good, but yeah, Beauvillier, possibly Jordan Eberle, Thomas Hickey, maybe. Yeah, God. And then Scott Mayfield. So you would be seven. Yeah. Jeez. All right, let's move on. That that was that's that's sad. Their worst was Andrew Ladd, by the way. They uh, they pretty much said. Yeah, and I think that's fair. You could probably choose one of like seven contracts, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't really disagree if I'm being honest. All right, uh, the New York Rangers. Who you got? And why is the best? Okay, it speaks to how low I am on the Rangers that I'm going to say this is their best contract, in spite of a very similar contract being the worst on another team. But Panarin, I guess it might have to be like. Mika actually would be a great one. Yeah. 75 points. Just yeah. like great, great shot. Cheap play center, still reasonably young. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think. But like, I don't know. Panarin, Panarin's easily two, I think. 
Yeah, like Panarin's so much better than everyone else on this team. Yeah, they also have like like every two coppers in combination on the team. Yeah, literally. Shows up. And they also, yeah, I say they have like half their forward core is the LCs right now. Like so and half their defenses. Like Adam Fox's new deal after this one will probably be pretty good, I think, too. But he's got two more years left. So Yeah, exactly. Like their their two best contracts being Fox and Lafreniere are just the LCs. So other than that, like Panarin's just so much better than everyone else. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Artemi Panarin is the best one. Um, his contract goes for a while, too. It's got six more years, so it goes till he's 35. But even 35, like, I don't know. It, 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 it really, when you look around the league, sometimes you, you think, like, 35 is old and you're running a risk, no doubt. But then you also see some that go, like, 38, 39, 40. And you're like, oh, God, yeah, okay, 35 looks a lot better than that. But A lot better, yeah, exactly. I, um, I like Mika. I think you're just more certain that he'll outperform it. Yeah, I just say, and then it just goes term. It goes how long? How much longer do you think Pernarin can be what he was the past two or three years? Because if he's even close to what he was the past two years for the next three years, I think he outperforms his contract pretty well. So yeah, exactly. Um, worst contract? Truba. Truba, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd say not even close, but the Kreider one is close. Yeah, the Kreider one's not great either. At twenty nine years old, and it goes off the page. Um. Yeah, like I, I think Kreider still is longer to fall, though. If I'm being honest, but yes, Kreider's better right now. Although he is older and plays the exact kind of game that could easily fall off. Cliff. Yeah, yeah. I think it's between those two. The Trouba one looked bad as soon as it was signed at eight mil. It was way too much. Even people were high at him at the time, and when that got signed, people were still like, "Oh, yeah, that seems like a a good chunk of change for Jacob Trouba." And I, I was think, really high on him until recently, and I have really turned a corner. Yeah, and I think, like, the general perception of him, too, is that he's not, uh, like, amazing anymore, right? Like, I don't know. But, uh, he ain't as good as he once was. Yeah. Um, so they had Mika Zibanejo as their best contract. Again, fair. I think he has to be either one or two in terms of best contracts, him and Panarin. Um, yep. And then their worst contract, they actually had Brendan Smith. So they went with just a really bad defenseman who has one year at a big cap hit over someone who has the potential to provide negative value over the entirety of a contract. But Yeah, which is somewhat reasonable. It's the yeah. same reason that you can pick Mika as one, that you can pick Smith as the worst. Yep. Um, yeah, especially like if Smith would have uh, two or three years left on his deal, uh, you know, like this would have been a couple of years. I definitely would have agreed with that because he hasn't been oh. good in a while. Super easy answer then. Yeah. So um, the Ottawa Senators, this is another fun one because most of their team is on ELCs right now. Um, best contract? Got to be Shabbat. I, yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, easily in my opinion. Uh, second best, maybe Dadanov? Probably. Like, I, like, I'm not super high on Colin White. No, I'm not, like, I, I think I'm higher, like, Sens fans wanted to see him go to the AHL last year. I'm not that low on Colin White, but, like, I don't think, I think he might just be kind of around a 3 to $4 million player, like. Yeah, like, he's just kind of worth that-ish. Yeah, so, like, I don't think he's going to really outperform this value contract. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Shabbat easy, and then probably Dadmav would be my second pick. Uh, worst contract? Zaitsev. Zaitsev is uh, unquestionably the worst contract. Um, there's some bad ones for just this year, too. Austin Watson's not great. Uh, 
Artem Anisimov, I did a post on him this week, and he scored 15 goals and was on pace for 25 last year. But, man, he sucks defensively. And he's not even that good offensively either. He's just got a streaky shot that uh, it's been his yeah, whole he's career. Yeah, he's had multiple but. years where, like, his point totals look fine, but he's, like, low-key one of the worst players in the entire league because he's just oh, an yeah. offensive brain wreck. Yep, and he'll shoot, like, 20 or 17 or 19%, and then he'll go three years where he shoots 9%. And it's like, well – yeah, he's not doing anything good at the peak of his value. I don't think you want him. That's a separate story. Um, good Branson's deal isn't great this year either, but it's sights up for the term easily. Um, yep. There's the actually Mur- upside on Murray's contract. At yeah, least. I, would say, I would say the Matt Murray one uh, has the potential to be bad, but it has the potential to be good too. So uh, they yeah, like, have, Oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, if you're looking at Murray with like a 903 save percentage next year after back-to-back years of that, you could argue Murray, but for now it's sights up pretty safely. Yeah, I mean, even after that, I still might argue. I don't think Zaitsev's an NHL-level defenseman, dude. Like, I think Murray's an NHL-level goalie. I just don't know if he's, like – I don't know I don't know if he's a starter for a team, you know? Like, but I think he yeah. is an NHL-level goaltender of some capacity. They have the best contract is Colin White, which uh, is a little surprising to me. Um, they uh, they said he pretty much – he was a 40 – he was promising 41-point rookie – uh, he struggled last year. His contract's important one for the Senators. Um, that's about it. I don't. They don't really say why, honestly. Like, it's just that it's a long deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, like they have the details. I'm wondering if they forgot about the product extension because they go the native agreed to a six-year deal, the longest deal the club has offered since Bobby Ryan in 2014. But I'm pretty sure the Shabbat one came after that, not before it. So. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and then they had the worst one as Nikita Zaitsev, so that's not surprising. Yep, that's uh, pretty reasonable. Philadelphia Flyers, best uh, contract. Couturier, assuming there's still some term left on it. There's two years left. I think it's probably Couturier. Yeah, it's it's Couturier. He's so good. Yeah, like he's just unreal, and that. Yeah, there's not another obvious answer. Like, with only two years left, you could maybe say it was some other contract that was longer term, but there's nobody who – maybe Konechny, I guess. That's yeah. pretty two. That's a good but, contract, yeah. And yeah, I'd say Carter Hart's still on his ELC, so you can't use him. Yeah, that would be the only other. Yeah, and I think people might say Provorov, but I'm not definitely not as high on Provorov as uh, others are. Yeah, I agree. I would absolutely hear an argument for Konechny because it goes five years, but uh, keep yeah. it simple. It's yeah. the top centerman who's making $4 million. Uh, worst contract. <laughs> Is it pro? No, it's probably Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes, right? Yeah. And I don't even – yeah, it's Kevin Hayes. Uh, it could be uh, JVR, actually. Yeah, but JVR was still okay last year, like for his role anyways. Like you know what you're going to get out of JVRs. He's not going to drive play, but he'll sit nicely in front of the net. He'll bang in some rebounds, and at seven mil, like he'll still score some goals for you. You know, yeah, you have to use him very, very specifically, and it means you can't use anybody else in that sort of sheltered power play specialist way. But he's really good at what he does, at least. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I think he's bad either. He's, I just don't think he's that good making seven million dollars with a full no move at twenty eight. Yeah, it just goes too long for what he is right now and what he probably will be. Yep. Um, they had the best one as Konechny, which I think is fair, as you said, and the worst one is JVR. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think JVR's is still okay, but it has it definitely – you have to – because of how you use him, maybe that's actually a detriment against him and his contract where it's like 
you're only getting this value if you use him in the precise way. But at the same time, I feel like everyone knew that when they signed him. And honestly, his uh, all of his numbers were really good this year, offensively and defensively in terms of um, expected goals and goal at Corsi and for and against, really. So I, I don't know if I agree with that. but Yeah, they actually were in like – it's just because the yeah, like the opportunity cost to use having JVR is really high, but I mean he's doing his role well, so I guess you can't really get mad at him for that. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins best contract and why? Um, is it Sid? Like I don't, until someone proves otherwise, I'm gonna keep going with Sidney Crosby here, especially because they don't. It's not like they have an absolute. St- Maybe you could say like Brian Dumoulin on the back end, but you could legitimately argue Dumoulin because of how cheap he is, but like. Crosby's still so good, dude. Like, Sid's down years, he's still way better than mostly everyone else in the league. Yeah, people will be like, oh, Sidney Crosby's struggling this year. He's still the 10th best centerman in the entire league. It's like, yeah, okay. Yep. Like, he's another one where you have to realize that like 8.7 is near the top of the league salary structure, but like even on down years, Sidney Crosby is worth more than $8.7 million. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I think I would say that's the best. Worst? Uh, there's no Jack Johnson or um, Good Branson to choose from anymore, but I think Brandon it might. Pardon, sorry. Brandon Tanev to me. Yeah, I was going with Michael Matheson, but I think you could probably Matheson. make an argument either way. Ooh, yeah, it it actually probably is Matheson. Now that you say that, like he has so much freaking term left on that deal. I can't believe they just picked it up for freaking uh, Hornquist, who's you know, not a great player anymore, but it's not like he was bad. No, he's he's fine. Yeah, Matheson, like, yeah, it's Matheson. I didn't even realize he's more expensive than uh, Tanev. Yeah, and like, yeah, like Tanev's not good either for what it's worth. But at least Tanev played well defensively this year. Yeah, but like, I, always- yeah. So they actually had. Oh, this is an interesting one. They they're they going were- through the they're going through the value per year. They're going Brian Rust as the most uh, best contract on the team. That's not like as unreasonable as it sounds, but it's another one of those things where like Brian Russ's numbers are magically going to get bad when Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin fall off. And it's not going to be because Brian Russ magically got bad. It's because he was never that good to begin with. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Like it's, it feels like you're hot taking not to have Crosby there, but again, like maybe if you think that he even has a relative drop off to like a $6 million player for the back end, it's not worth it. I don't know. And then Michael Matheson, they had as the worst. And I, I do think that's probably what it was, or what it yep. is. Um, San Jose Sharks, best contract? Timo Meyer, and it's not even particularly close. Yeah, I don't mind Thomas Hurdle's contract either, but. Yeah, I like Hurdle too, but extra year, I think Meyer's better. He's younger. Yeah, I, yeah, that's fair. Um, worst contract? There's a couple to choose from. This is a fun little pick em. I'm. I don't want to say Carlson. You could make a pretty good argument as Carlson, but I'm going to go with Vlasic because I, 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 I think it's hand. I think it's hands down Vlasic. Um, yeah. I don't think Carlson's looks great either. But at the same time, he hasn't put up a year where he has legitimately been bad at five on five. Yep, and, uh, and Carlson that, with like nine months off might actually be a freak again. Where Mark Edward Vlasic has a 0% chance of coming out slinging next year. Yeah, we have like four seasons of data now, maybe more, that shows Mark Edward Vlasic really isn't that good. Last year was Carlson's worst year as a defenseman, and he was still a number two defenseman probably by most statistics. 
And like, that was like considered just the most atrocious year of his career that he's ever had. So I'm willing to take a gamble at least that he is still going to be a top pair defenseman for a couple more years. And then yes, that contract still might get ugly, but Vlasic's I don't even think is a number five right now, or maybe he's number five and he's making seven for six more years. So yeah, like, like, I, I honestly, I think Carlson's contract is maybe the third worst on the blue line. So yeah, I, I would, Burns is so old and still has. <laughs> he's thirty five. He's thirty five years old. And he has five more years at eight mil. Like, yeah, Carlson does probably have the third worst on the blue line. <laughs> Which, and again, I'm not saying con- con- his long term contract is good by any means, but like, yeah. it's just how bad that blue line looks. Um, they had Jones Thomas Hurdle. Oh, sorry. Jones could be up there too for the bad yeah. ones. Yeah, but I, I just don't think his goes as long anymore. That I mean, it's still four years. God damn. Two years less than Vlasic, and it's cheaper. So it's definitely yeah. got to be Vlasic. But. Um, they have Thomas Hurdle's the best one, and Mark Edward Vlasic is the worst. I agree with the worst. I think it's probably Timo Meyer's the best, but Thomas Hurdle will be second, I think, on my list. Yeah, he's a center, so it's it's not like an unreasonable take. I, I just would – I would much rather have Meyer, but that's all right. Yep. Um, St. Louis Blues, who do you got as the best? The best? Um, depends on Pareko's term. So it was Pareko for a while. It's still probably Pareko. I think so. I, it's between him O'Reilly. And, yeah, so for me, it's between him and O'Reilly. I, one's two years older, but has an extra year. But I think I'm going to go Pareko just because he's also $2 million cheaper. Yeah, that's fair. I might go O'Reilly. I like the centerman over the defenseman thing, even though he is older and more expensive. Yeah, I think both are very, very um, solid choices that you can't go wrong with. Um, worst contract, Falk. Falk, right? Yeah, like I, I honestly, I don't think the Tory Krug one's great. I don't think it's that bad though either. I think it's just kind of somewhere in the middle where it'll be fair value over the term of the contract. I would assume. Yeah, maybe, or like maybe even slightly positive if he provides like eight mil in value for the next couple of years and then four mil in value for the last two or whatever. But yeah, it probably depends if he's running the power play or not. But like, I feel like you don't sign Tory Krug unless you think he's running your power play. Yeah, I think Petrangelo ran it last year, right? So, pretty sure. Yeah, Vince so. Dunn also might be depending on the contract he signs, but for now, there's pretty. Yeah, two I, don't, I don't know how they fit him under the con. Like they're over the cap right now. Yeah, there's like ten teams over the cap right now, saying, and everybody's and sitting on that, their feet. That's with Steen and Tarasenko on the IR. Like, where are they going to get the money to sign Vince yeah. Dunn from? Yeah, which is wild because it's not like. Um, Tarasenko is going to sit on LTIR for the rest of his career. Like Tarasenko's coming back. Yeah, I mean, it might be halfway through next year, but he's coming back. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, they had the best contract, Colton Perrieko, and the worst is Justin Falk. Uh, yeah, both fair, I think. Um, as he said, you could do O'Reilly as the best as well, but I think it's pretty hands down. Justin Falk is the worst. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning is the next team we have. Speaking of another team that is way over the cap right now, they're like two mil over. Um, well, did you see the guy's speech about how he knew they were going to get everybody under the cap yesterday, like their new GM? No. <laughs> Confused that because they just signed someone. Yeah, they just signed Sergachev to a three-year, $4.8 million deal. He gave some speech about how he knew in the end they were going to be able to fit everyone under the cap, but he gave that speech while they were over the salary cap and still have multiple Sorel- Sorelli and Cernak to sign. Cernak won't be that expensive, but Sorelli should be. Like, he should be a five mil at least dollar player, I would assume, on a bridge. 
yeah, like I could not get over him talking about that yesterday. It's like, you still have arguably like your fourth best forward to sign plus a top four defenseman and you're over the cap by two full million as is. What are you talking about? I think they'll just end up burying people in the minors, honestly. Like, I think they're like, they've already waived Johnson. They could bury him. They could probably bury Kalorn. Yeah. So like if worse comes to worse, they're probably just going to shove people to the AHL and hope they get claimed. Yeah, I guess. Although nobody took Johnson for free already, so. Yeah, but I mean, again, like maybe as the year goes on, you could, I, I don't know, it'll be interesting. Uh, best contract and why? It's got to be point. Yeah, I think so. Uh, two years, 6.75. I like the Circuit Jeff deal. We'll get into this next week more about the news. I don't think it was the steal that everyone else did. It's a steal because it's an RFA deal. It's not a steal compared to other market deals, but. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But as for the, some of the other kind, con- like Hedman and Kucherov, good deals, but they're just older and more yeah. expensive. Points younger, cheaper. It's got yep. a point. Uh, worst contract? McDonough. Uh, no. I might go uh, with Danny Gord, honestly. I think I'd probably go Tyler Johnson. Yeah, like I like Danny Gord as a player more, but at a little expensive and a year more, like – I don't know. Maybe I'm focusing too much on how, how cap strapped they are. And maybe I should just take that out of it. Probably Tyler Johnson or Alex Kalorn. Yeah. Gord was also, he had a down year last year, but his priors are a little higher. Yeah. He's not a bad player at all. I think maybe I was just focusing too much on, you know, their cap position, but. Yeah, that's fair. It's actually easier to pick a bad contract on Tampa Bay than I expected. Yeah. They have a few that aren't great. Um, they have uh, ESPN at brain point is the best and Tyler Johnson is the worst. So. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's reasonable enough. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs, best contract and why? The best contract is probably Austin Matthews for the same reason that it was Connor McDavid before. Matthews is probably the odds-on favorite to be like the second best player in the league. Yeah, I think you could – I mean, sorry, not second. Yeah, I think you can make uh, that argument. Um, If you want to go for value, I think William Nylander's got to be there, which uh, this is a big conversation in Toronto media this week about who's the best, who's the worst contract. And um, Nylander's name never got brought up, shockingly. I wonder why that is, but I think he should be. In order, I think it is Matthews and then Nylander. Yeah, I would go Matthews, Nylander, Riley. Yeah. And then Marner, probably. Correct order. I think people got flamed for this this week, and their worst contract is John Tavares. So I had a big discussion about this week online. I think you can make the arguments to Barris mostly because of the other arguments of how long it goes. He goes until he's 35 years old and how much he's making. And this says more about the cap situation that's in Toronto. Now, that being said, I think the other two candidates are also Jake Muzzin and TJ Brody. And I say that again, not because I think they're bad contracts, but I think because in years three and four of either of those deals, those guys are more likely to break down than John Tavares is. But it's also double the contract amount too, right? So I think you can make an argument for Tavares or Muzzin or Brody. I think those would be the three. I don't think you can make an argument for Marner. I mean, you can in terms of if you're looking at if he got overpaid versus comparables, but just the value he's going to bring on the ice versus what he's being paid, there's no way in my opinion. Yeah, like he's on essentially the same contract as Tavares. And if anyone – like people keep trying to – hot take that Marner's the worst contracts on the Leafs. Given that they make the same money, I would bet literally anyone, basically any amount of money that I'm capable of betting that Marner will have a higher war over the next five years than John Tavares. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's uh, a fine, you know, like 
it, it, it comes out a lot of the, the thing too with Tavares is a lot of the way people were talking about it, I felt like were wrong. They were like, oh, this contract will be bad unless they win, and then it's good. It's like, no, 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 winning doesn't change anything. It's still going to be bad at the end even if you win. It's just people aren't going to care because you want a, a, a cup, right? Like, exactly. But and, and like, same, oh, go ahead, sorry. Well, like Tavares is like an $11 million player today, but like $11 million is such a hard contract to justify that like it's – it's he won't provide surplus value on that. The the tail is aggressively skewed towards him underperforming because eleven million dollars is so hard to make up into your late thir- or mid to late thirties. Yeah, and that's the other thing too, is like people were almost talking about as if he's not an eleven million dollar player right now. It's like, yes, he was still one of the best centermen in the league over the past two years. Like, give me a break. So yeah, like, I don't know. I, I think it has the potential to be the worst contract, but at the same time, I would be totally fine if you said like Muzzin or Brody or something like that too, just because of their age and possibility of breaking down. Yeah, Muzzin especially because he plays kind of the harder game and he's a year older than Brody and makes slightly more money. Yeah, but or like, if you have bad contracts other than maybe Simmons. Yeah, I was say if you're looking at one year value, you could argue someone like Wayne Simmons or Zach Bogosian who just aren't going to yeah. ring it. But um, yeah, James I would go. Hyman, it could be him too, but who? Hyman. Oh yeah, or Anderson. Yep. Oh, if they extend Anderson, it'll definitely be him. But I don't think they're extending Anderson. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would probably go their worst. Man, I don't know. I'll say Jake Muzzin, but I really. I think there's like three you could pick from and none of them I actually think are bad contracts. I just think they have the most potential to be closest to negative value by the end. If we're looking at it from now on. Yeah, that's fair. I'll, I'm going to take Tavares as a compliment to the rest of the cap sheet. Yeah. Um, they had the best contract is Morgan Riley, um, which it's more just because they, they went with the value thing again, five mil for two more years for a top 20 defenseman versus just the prime of Austin Matthews or, you well, know, Connor McDavid. Anything, it's Nylander. Yeah, I would say so too, but um, I would also assume that they don't think Nylander's a top 20 winger, which True. is a different conversation. Uh, and they have the worst of John Tavares. So again, like, yeah, like I don't think that's the most unreasonable thing I've ever heard, but uh, there's definitely an argument to be made, and it's more just semantics and how you argue value. I'm looking at just like of value from if we're looking at from this day on of the contract, who's going to provide the most and worst value over the course of their contract, right? So, yeah, um, but yeah, Vancouver Canucks best contract and why? The Oh, Pedersen's not off his Yeah, ELC. this is a tough one because Pedersen's on his I ELC heard. and Hughes is on his ELC. So, um, Is it Bo Horvat? Yeah, I think you could also make an argument for Thatcher Demko at one year, $1 million. Yeah, there's definitely the most potential upside there. Even if he's like the 20th best goalie, you're getting a pretty giant surplus of value there, in my opinion. Yeah, But he also so. might be a backup that plays like 12 games. Yes, but... Um, yeah, I, Horvath. I think Horvat's a good one. I, I would go between Horvat or, uh, or you know, maybe even Brock Besser. I don't mind Besser's contract either. Yeah, Besser is a really good contract too. Uh, worst one, Tyler Myers, right? Yep. Right, that's not much else to say there. Yeah, I mean, they have a couple others that aren't great, but it's just kind of like Beagle for two more years. It's like, yeah, that's not ideal, but it's also $3 million, so whatever. 
And like Erickson's bad, but there's two extra years on the Myers deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Erickson for a while would have been the worst one, but it's down to where the point where it's like, you can just eat it for the next year and a half. Well, they might not be able to, cause they have a bunch of guys to sign, but um, yeah. a normal team would be. Um, yeah. ESPN had Bull Horvat as the best and they actually had Louis Erickson as the worst. So they, I, I think that that doesn't shock me cause I don't think the uh, public is that low on Tyler Myers like we are. So. Yeah, we're definitely lower than the general perception of him. Yeah, uh, three more teams to go through here. Vegas Golden Knights, best contract and why? This is actually kind of difficult. Actually, no, it's not. It's Shafey Door. Yeah, I think so. Uh, 5.2 for five more years, and that takes him to at least 30. Uh, that's a pretty, yeah, pretty slam dunk one, I think, for me. Yeah. Like Mark Stone, good contract, but again, as he ages into his 30s it's yeah probably will justify it but like it's but a lot know. easier for shade or shea theodore to overperform a five million dollar contract than it is for stone to outperform a nine and a half yep absolutely agree um worst contract um they have some ones that i don't absolutely love but i don't know which one it's probably like, just flurry, flurry? Right? yeah yeah like even like just I like love a lot of their forwards, but Flurries is just so bad. That's got to be him, I think. Yeah, like I don't even really know the the need to sign Alex Tuck for six years or like Chandler Stevenson for four, but it's just thinking. yeah, like. But the AV is like not high on that, so. Yeah, I don't know. and like Young, whereas he might get better, whereas Flurries probably getting worse. Yeah, I think another Dark Horse one might be Petrangelo just because it goes until he's 38 years old. Or 37 years old, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see Petrangelo, but I, th- but I think the Flurry one's just so Yeah, bad. again, because like with Petrangelo, if he's a Norris contender for even two or three years, he probably – you probably get the value out of that contract. Like, yeah. unless you just like – unless you're playing him as a non-NHL defender for five years, but – Yeah, underrated for best is Robin Lehner, too. Yeah, yeah, that's another very good one. Very good call. Um, the ESPN had Shea Theodore. Um, they had Mark Andre Fleury is the worst one, so we agree with them on that one. Uh, Washington Capitals best contract. I really don't love that many contracts on the Washington Capitals. Nope, I don't either. Um, uh, I really like Jakob Vran. Yeah, yeah, and even. Yeah, I, I think he's yeah he's probably going to be him or uh, Lundqvist maybe just because of how little Lundqvist is being paid with the upside. Yeah, I could see that. I'm going to go with Verana though. I like him a lot. Yeah, that's fine. Like the Oshie deal isn't going to be good by the end. The Backstrom deal I think is going to look maybe kind of ugly by the end. The Kuznetsov deal is probably fairish value, but I don't think you're getting a ton of surplus from it. I don't think you're getting any. If any, I think. He's the one winning. Lar, like yeah, Lars Eller on the back end. Like Kuznetsov just gets his teeth kicked in at five on five. Yeah, let's yeah. Like it's great that he's a weapon on the power play, but does anybody believe he's more important than Ovi or Backstrom or probably even Carlson on that power play? Yeah, I don't know. We because we make the same argument for John Carlson as well, but worst contract. There's a lot to choose from here. Yeah. I might say Kuznetsov just because of how much he gets killed at even. Yeah, that's fair. I 
I always thought it was going to be John Carlson, but he was still really good this year. So if he's that good for another year or two, like he's probably going to play to even on the contract, I would assume. But uh, yeah, it's a big contract, so there's like more downside risk at his age, I guess. But yeah, Jesus, yeah, Kuznetsov's numbers are ugly. Oh my god. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go with him too. That is gross. Yeah, because he just gets filled in, and then, again, all you can point to is his point totals. It's like, well, great. He has maybe the best power play player of all time in Alex Ovechkin, one of yeah. the best passers of the generation, and then one of the best point men on the power play we've seen in the last little while, all there, too. So it's not like he deserves sole credit for that power play running well. And Oshie's even great in front of the net. Yeah, I think Oshie is a candidate maybe for on a lot of teams, too. Like that's not, I don't think the end of that contract's going to look real good, either. Yeah, the Oshie one's also bad. But uh, uh, they had Hendrik Lundqvist as the best, just 1.5 cheap. He might play 40-plus games. Well, if they do 48 games, he won't, obviously. But over 92, he might have played like 40 games this year. Depends how him and Samsonov work. Uh, and then the worst day, TJ Oshie. So, yeah, I don't, th- I don't think that's the worst thing. Uh, final team, I believe, Winnipeg Jets. Yep. Um, best contract. A sp- harder than it should have been, but Nikolai Ehlers. Yeah, I would also argue for Mark Trifley maybe, but Ehlers is three years younger, so and a year longer. So I think that's a yeah. good one. I like Ehlers a lot. I've come or up lower on Trifley than I used to be. Maybe you could argue Hellebuck too. Yeah, like if he, if he plays if he plays even close to what he was this year, it's Hellebuck by a mile. Yes, absolutely. So I think, yeah, Hallibuck or him. There's a bunch of contracts that feel like they should have been good, but just over how they've played over the past couple of years are really not. Yeah, Shifley's one of those ones where I do wonder if and when Paul Maurice eventually gets fired. He already has the point totals. Do we see his underlying numbers skyrocket up and then people are talking about him like he's a top 10 centerman? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because, um, like, people really love Kyle O'Connor and Blake Wheeler on this team, and I don't think – Either of them are necessarily. I think Kyle Connor might be their worst contract. Yeah, I mean Josh Morrissey's doesn't look good either, just based on last year. Yeah, because uh, Connor's another one in a Kuznetsov-like fashion who gets killed at five on five and does. Per, like he puts up a lot of. He's got a great shot and everything, but. Yeah, like the NHL NHL put out their top twenty wingers list or whatever, and three. Jets wingers were on it, and none of them were Nikolai Ehlers. Which is wild, because he's probably was, their best winger. Yeah, it was Line A, Connor, and Wheeler. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that Line one. Line A is definitely not a top 20 winger in the NHL right now. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't know about that one. Um, I guess the worst technically, although I don't think this counts anymore. Oh, maybe. He's on injured, not LTIR. Brian Little could also be another one for oh. worse, just because he hasn't oh, been yeah. healthy in ever. If um, Little counts, he's definitely. Yeah, so uh, they had Mark Shifley as the best, and Brian Little is the worst, so they're counting Brian Little. Doctors have re- recommended Little sit out the current season as he recovers the injury, sideline the veteran forward for all but seven games last season. He'll likely go on long-term injured reserve, but uh, his long-term was, is unclear at this point. So, Yeah, I like that duo as their best and worst. Yeah, so um, and that's that. Um, a long episode this week, but that's okay. We uh, made up for last week, I guess. 
as always, you can find my stuff and Chase's stuff at leftsword.hockey.com. I had a post on why I don't think our Tim Anisimov should uh, make the Ottawa Senators uh, this coming year, or he, I think he should be the 13th or 14th forward. Uh, so you can check that out at leftsword.hockey.com. Uh, Chase, do you have anything cooking that should be coming soon? Um, I don't know. So I'm writing a paper as my like final summative thing for my degree on hockey but i don't know exactly when that is going to be out about salaries and how taxes and the hometown discount and whatnot affect salaries but i'm in the process of writing that right now for class so i'll probably tweet that at some point in the next two or three weeks yeah so keep your eyes out for that um you can find my other stuff at uh milehighhockey.com uh, you can find me on Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff. Chase on Twitter at CMHockey66. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you all next week. 